You're listening to the Relationship-Centered Learning Podcast, a podcast to inspire and empower you to be a difference maker in a dysfunctional educational system. Hear weekly from adults and students who are having a radical impact in the education space as they share from their minds and hearts, giving us practical tools that we can take back to our classrooms and campuses. Here to take you outside the educational box is author, disruptor, and your host, Kevin Curtis. Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. On today's episode, I am interviewing student Jalen Sue. Now, Jalen, she is a 15-year-old student at the Liberal Arts and Science Academy in Austin, Texas. She shares her passion for change and how it was derived from her fourth grade teacher. Jalen also shares how becoming a brave ambassador has given her an outlet and confidence to be the person that her teacher impacted her to be back in fourth grade. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Welcome to the Relationship Center Learning Podcast, where we put relationships at the center of all learning. We are super pumped today to get to hear the student voice. I want to welcome not only my co-founder, Denise Circle Mama Holiday, to the show, I want to welcome student Jalen Sue. Welcome to the show, Jalen. Welcome, Jalen. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Oh, my God. We are super pumped. We love, love, love hearing about the student's perspective when it comes to relationships in a classroom. But before we can get into Jalen's episode, we always start off with what we call the GTKY connections before content. We do that in what we call the flip five method. Uh, we're going to ask Jalen five questions and then she's going to flip five back at us just to kind of get to know each other before we jump into today's show. So Jalen, question number one for me is simple. If you could sing a duet or act with somebody, who would you want to sing with or act with? Well, okay. There's so many people to choose from. Oh my God. I think I'd have to go with Zendaya. I am, in all honesty, completely obsessed with her. I love her as an actress and like a musical artist. And I just think she's like the coolest person ever. And like her fashion style and everything, like she's just so cool. And just like the chance to like meet with her and like do anything with her would be like the coolest thing on earth. There you go. How awesome. All right, Denise, next up. So my question is, Jalen, what snack food are you just absolutely obsessed with popcorn we do like this whole thing at my house my we did it a lot this summer with quarantine stuff since we had so much extra time we're like my family we try and do it like once a week or so and we like we watch a movie together and we eat popcorn and it's just like it has so many like good like emotions and memories and stuff like attached to it and also popcorn just tastes so good (laughs) um so awesome okay question number three so Jalen, thinking about, let's go with binging. What's something that you could recommend that Denise and I should binge to kind of, uh, you know, check something else out there on streaming? What's your recommendation that we got to check it out? The Good Place. It's on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it. I love that show so much. It's so good. It's like, it's like this little like ethical thing, but it's all set in like this, like kind of like business casual thing. And it's about like, it's almost like heaven and hell, but not in like the afterlife, but not from a like religious standpoint Mm -hmm. and like the writing is just really good and like the dialogue and it's like and it's funny too and it's really good no that's good uh no and i will tell you it's so funny you mentioned heaven and hell kind of thing but there's a show that's i watched the whole first season it was called upload or uploaded and i think it was on netflix but it was like how you could save your not soul but who you are internally and you can get uploaded to different types of heavens 
and you can choose different worlds. It's, so it's kind of interesting on how you get choices, but there's way more beyond that. Huge life lessons, something like that. So when you said heaven and hell, kind of thing like that, just know for mm-hmm. me, that was, a, that was a really, really interesting series that I binge watched the whole first season and I can't wait for season two to come out. All right, Denise. All right, so my next question is, what is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? I have like a whole routine and it's like very set in its order and everything like has to happen in that order before school. And it's like, I don't know why it's in that order, but like I get up, I open the curtains, I brush my hair, I brush my teeth, I wash my face, do the whole thing. Just to like, I guess like get myself like physically ready and stuff. And it gives me time to like mentally wake up before I do anything in the morning. Thank you. All right, Jalen. Last question. I know, right? Well, they always say if you win the morning, you win the day. Jalen sounds like she's already starting that at such a younger age. So Jalen, last question is, when is your birthday? My birthday is May 21st, 2005. I'm 15. Gotcha. So May 21st, on your birthday, what kind of birthday cake do you want? Ooh, that's hard. I like cookie cake a lot. I don't know why. It's just like the icing on it, like the store bought like HEV cookie cake. Like... It's just, it's really good and it makes me happy. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. So that was our five questions. All right, Jalen, you can do in any order, however you want to do. You got five questions to kind of get to know either one of us or both of us better. Go ahead. Okay. Denise, I'll start with you. Uh, What is your favorite movie? Oh, my favorite movie is only one. (sighs) My My favorite fun movie is Grease. Um, and my, yeah, girl, I, and I get up and I dance too. <laughs> and then yes, my, favorite, yes, my favorite serious movie is Remember the Titans. You're kidding. No, I'm no not. way. Way. That's my favorite movie. No way. See, we, like, of all time. we got something in common. <laughs> oh my God. That's crazy. Yes. Didn't think you'd have something in common with an old lady like me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's so awesome. I was a high school football coach, Jalen. So when she said, remember the Titans, I'm like, oh, my God, how many times can I watch that? You know, being a high school football coach, it was like, it just brings out so many emotions, doesn't it? It's, it's, mm-hmm. It is so well filmed and the acting's great. So, yeah, I'm going to join in with that. That's an amazing movie. All right. Question number two. I'll ask you now, Kevin. Uh, okay. What is the weirdest ice cream flavor you've ever had? Ooh, I don't remember all of the names, but I don't like coffee. So like it was going to be one of those like coffee with something else in it and mixed up. And it was like three different flavors. But the hard part is, is I like the other flavors, but then it had the coffee in it. And I was hoping that the other three flavors would cancel the coffee out. And unfortunately, I don't like coffee. So it was one of those things like, oh, yeah, try this. And then it was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I can't remember the name, but it was like three different flavors, but coffee always canceled it out. Okay. So then follow up question. If you don't like coffee, then like, what's your like go-to drink like other than water? Ah, that's a really good question. (laughs) Believe it or not, it is water most of the time. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I can drink a soda like anybody else. I know how bad they are for me and they like to stick around at my age. So my go-to drink is actually, I do the little zero calorie squeeze juicers, like you can flavor your water or whatever. I do Kool-Aid. I am a Kool-Aid fiend. I grew up with grape and orange Kool-Aid. And like, those are the only two flavors I need. Like, I don't need any grape or orange Kool-Aid. It settles me. It's almost a childhood thing, but yeah, I have a whole drawer full of those little bottles that are zero calories. And all I do is squirt those into my water all day long. So grape or orange Kool-Aid. 
Cool. Then Denise, let's see. What is your favorite day of the week and why? Man, with this whole pandemic, I feel like all of the days run together, but I'm going to have to go with Sunday and Sunday because that's a time when we have family breakfast. The kids come over and I cook this huge breakfast and we're all around the table being silly and having fun. And so I've always wanted that like in my life, like to be an old, like my kids are grown and they still want to come around me and they do. So I just love Sunday breakfast day. Okay. And then I also lost this last one to both of you. What is your favorite brunch food? French toast. I am a, I love, 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 love French toast. Oh my God. And bacon, French toast and bacon, please. And mine would be pancakes, blueberry pancakes and bacons. Just pile it on. Love it. Love it. So Jalen, you were smiling. You Did we resonate with you? What was yours? Mine would be probably scrambled eggs and pancakes. Whenever we go out to like eat brunch or things like that, or like breakfast with my family, I get eggs and my brother always gets like a huge thing of pancakes, but he's 12. So like he doesn't eat all of them. So then I get some of his. I love this strategy. I call it sibling strategy. I was a family of five. I was the youngest, so I'm the, I'm the one that they picked off my plate. So I definitely get that, Jalen. But hey, guys, that was awesome. So that is the GTKY Connections Before Content part of the show. If you wanted to learn more about Connections Before Content and you want to get some of our 28 GTKY questions, or you can also now go to rclfirst.com, rclfirst.com, and you can join our weekly circles. We now have circles with Denise right here. Monday and Thursday evening, Saturday morning. So go to RCL first. There's an orange button in the right-hand corner. Click join the circle or get the free resources. But right now, we'd really love you to come over and join our educator circles. You don't have to know anything about circle. All you have to do is click on the link, show up at the Zoom at your time, and then just get to know each other. That's really all it is. It's GTKY the entire time. Sometimes they're themes, sometimes they're not. Sometimes we involve bringing the kids and the family. There's so many different things about the opportunity, but go to rclfirst.com to click on the link to join our weekly circles. Now that out of the way, let's get right into the show. So Denise, I want you to just kind of introduce why you felt like Jalen would be such a great voice on our show. Absolutely. I had the honor of being on a webinar that was called Brave, and it was a lot of young youth and teens that were speaking about social justice, equality, and many of those things that were important for, to them. But what really stood out for me was at the end, I think her name was Izzy, who was the lady, the, the founder. She asked this question, why is relationships important to you? And so each person had the opportunity to answer that and your guys' responses just blew me away. So I want to start with that, thinking about, of course, this is a relationship-centered learning. Tell us a little bit about why relationships are important to you as a teen, as a student, and just as a human being. I mean, I really think like relationships are the foundation of like so much in your life. I mean, like, especially when you're young, like me, and you're just kind of still trying to figure out like, you know, who you are and where you belong in the world and like kind of how to make your way around things and figure stuff out. Like a lot of that comes from your relationships and what you're taught by people. So like your parents and your siblings and your teachers and stuff like that. 
And like so much of our understanding of the world is based on, you know, what we hear from other people and our interactions with other people. And then at the same time, like those relationships can really be like some of your like biggest assets too, because you have like these connections to all these different people with so many different experiences that you can kind of learn about so many other like perspectives and stuff and really like, you know, collaboration working together and like, there's just so many like good and constructive things that can come with that connection to other people. You said something, you said it could be the foundation or it could be how impactful it is. Has there been someone, teacher or community member that has been impactful in that relationship that they have with you that you would want to share about? Let's see. I mean, there's a lot of people. I've had a lot of good teachers in my life. I remember one of my teachers in fourth grade, actually, she wasn't even my teacher. She was one of the other English teachers, but she did this thing in my elementary school and I'm blanking on the name right now, but it was, it was like once a month and they take all these kids together in the cafeteria and it was totally optional. And like, we'd go and they'd give us snacks and stuff. And it was like a service project oriented thing. And they like, taught us about the world in a way because like you know when you're in elementary school you don't know anything outside of your own little bubble and like she wasn't even my English teacher but I went to these things from like kindergarten through fifth grade and like she just like single-handedly taught me so much about what it means to help people Mm -hmm. even to this day like she was one of the greatest teachers I've ever had. Isn't it interesting, Jalen? Because I started to notice. So I taught high school for 10 years. And so since you're 15, I always start to notice that sometimes in high school, when we ask students to reflect like, hey, when was there a moment in time when a teacher made an impact or something like that? For Believe it or not, a majority of high school students usually give us answers about elementary. Isn't it interesting when you said, hey, fourth grade, that's why my eyes was like, oh my God, look, she did the exact same thing. And I always say this because sometimes... I think elementary teachers, if you're listening, um, they may not think, Jalen, like they're truly making a difference because they don't get to see you grow. You know, like they plant the seed and they fertilize it and you're a little plant and then they send you on your way to the next grade levels, right? But they don't ever see that, that plant or that tree grow. And it's so empowering to hear when young adults reflect back to moments of second, third, fourth grade, those types of things. I mean, is it, what, what are your thoughts when you hear like that teachers may not feel that, but yet kids remember that? I mean, just, and then what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's something you don't really think about until you're older. Like, you know, maybe you're like doing something or someone asks you a question like this and you're like, Hey, actually like this trait about me or this, like, perspective I have on the world actually comes from something I learned a long time ago because also like in elementary school you know you're so young and like vulnerable and like malleable almost so like all those little things have such a big impact on like the way you think about stuff so like you know I haven't talked to this teacher in a long time and we like you know she wasn't even my English teacher I didn't see her that often but like later down the road I think about it like when when was the time I started thinking about helping people and helping people like in other places in the world and that was it like it's like those firsts that really like have the greater impact because then like as you go through middle school and high school those things get like reinforced and you remember them but I think like the first time you're taught these things really like resonates with people more so like I don't know maybe that's why people always like think back to earlier years no 
I think you articulated it very well because I think what happens is you get it gets layered and layered and layered. But as you start to grow, and I think part of maturity is reflection. And so what I heard you say, I look back, right? That's reflecting. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, where did I first come across this feeling or this idea? And that's where we start to attribute to the elementary. I just think it's also interesting, Denise, that she also said she wasn't even my teacher. And I cannot tell you, Jalen, how many students have talked about, oh, there was this guy and he wasn't even my teacher. Or there was this person on a campus and all I did was this with them. And that's what's so interesting is if you look at it, Jalen, you have X amount of teachers every single day, Monday through Friday for 40 to 50 minutes a day, right? And then you see this teacher and you only see them periodically during this certain time. And that's why I, I cannot emphasize enough to teachers. Sometimes they're like, I don't have time. And I'm like, sometimes it isn't even the amount of time. It's just how you utilize the time to connect. And sometimes it's not about trying to be that extraordinary teacher. It's just when you're ordinary, you know? What are your thoughts, Denise? It's definitely when you're ordinary. And those teachers that don't even know like that teacher, the impact that he or she can have on someone. But more than anything, I think about this. Was it the experience of being amongst her and what she was doing and what you you learned more than it was the connection to others? Because I think if I experienced something that really felt good in my soul, I carry that with me through life in a way that I want to give it to someone else. So that experience, tell me a little bit about the experience and how you may transfer that to someone else or how you're still carrying it with you. Yeah, I mean, I think the experience as a whole was very like, I'm not sure eye-opening is the right word, but something along those lines. Because like, you know, kind of like I said earlier, when I was that young, like my world was my house and my school and my friends and my family, and that was it. And then here comes this teacher who was like a friend of a friend, right? Like I didn't have her yet. I met her when I was in like kindergarten. So she was a long way down the road for me. And all of a sudden she was saying, you know, there are other people in the world and they're not as lucky as us. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, maybe they need our help and there's actually something you can do about that. And that was like this incredible revelation to me because those were just not things I'd been told before. And then I wanted to keep going back. I wanted to, you know, I went back every month for like six years. I'm like, well, what can I do? How can I help kind of thing? And it wasn't like a big grandiose, like too much to understand kind of thing. It was like, there's this whole world out there and I can make a difference in it. And I mean, especially with all the like civil engagement and activism stuff I'm doing now, like if I think back to it, that's really where that started. And so it has like this rippling effect out on your life, you know, at the time I was just like, hey, that's cool. And then now I'm like, that's like a significant part of the way I look at the world. And so, yeah, I think that experience of just like teaching kids when they're young, that they can have an impact on the world and there's something they can do. And also teaching about that privilege of the situation you're in and that not everyone has that. I remember we had, there was a visitor who came, I don't remember his name, but he was from the Gazelle Foundation. And I think I met him in first grade. And like, I still remember the name of the place. And I remember what we did. 
because he explained to us that kids in, I think it might have been Kenya, but one of the like in the poor African communities that the kids had to walk like multiple miles a day to go get water. And then they had to carry it on their heads before they went to school. And until that point, I didn't understand that people in the world didn't have running water. Like this was a totally new idea to me. and I'd never heard it. And I think I was, so I was probably about six or seven at the time. And I still remember everything we did that day. Like we had, we had popcorn and Oreos as a snack. And then he came in and he stood on the stage on like this podium thing. And he told us about this. And then they had us carry empty baskets. So there was nothing in them. It wasn't heavy at all. But they had us put us, put it on our heads like they did. And they showed us pictures and walk around the hallways. And to think that people would walk, children my age, before they went to school, would wake up early in the morning and walk for 10 miles like that just so they could have water was insane to me. And then all of a sudden, I like, I thought about it all the time. Like, you know, if I left the tap on, I'm like, that's not, you know, it just changed. So like, that's probably like the most drastic example I can think of, of anyone ever like, of realizing things and like the added self-awareness that I got. Because when I was young, someone had told me those things. Sounds like that teacher lit a fire under you, (laughs) you know, talking about making a difference. And I truly see, you know, let's look back. We go back, the teacher lit a fire. And what you're doing now is to make a difference. And you're doing that um, in other people's lives to bring awareness for whatever that is or whatever that looks like. But have you thought about ever contacting that teacher or writing a letter? And if you did, what would you say to her? Gosh, I mean, when my little brother still went to that elementary school, I'd see her, you know, a few times I'd get off, you know, we used to have a bus station at that school and I'd see her sometimes and be like, hi, but I don't ever think I've talked, I haven't ever talked to her about how much she impacted my life. So like, If I wrote a letter, God, what would I say? I think something along the lines of kind of what I just told y'all, like how just to let her know how much of an impact what she was doing had on me and just to like thank you really and just like how grateful I am for that experience and how like how big of an impact it had on my life because I think like I guess since I never really told her, she doesn't really know. Like teachers can have these huge impacts on their students and they wouldn't know about it unless we told them. So if you go full circle, Jalen, that's kind of what I was alluded to earlier, right? I mean, when I said elementary teachers, sometimes they do it, but a lot of times they're not intentionally, but if we're not intentional, we don't come back and let them know they kind of get left in the dark, right? And I can tell you, I can tell you this, first of all, I'm proud of you. You're so mature. You're so reflective. I mean, I could listen to you all day. It is intriguing and inspiring to hear you. But I will tell you this, Jalen, as much as you want to make a difference in this world, I can promise you this. If you will take the time to either write, video, do something personal, if you will take the time to let that teacher know how much of an impact she made on you, I promise you, hands down, that will be impactful for her. I cannot tell you as an educator's heart when we get those and we get them so sparingly, but when they're genuine and authentic and the best part is Jalen, when they're out of the blue. In other words, just out of nowhere, Jalen sends me this message, right? 
So whether it's an email, letter, whatever it is, I would encourage you as much as you want to change the world, change a teacher's heart for the better. Let her know that you made an, that she made an impact on you. And I will tell you, you will make the biggest difference in that teacher's life. I promise you. That's my call to action. Yes, yes, absolutely. Especially during this time, teachers are really struggling right now to figure out what they're going to do and holding on to their why. You know, why they decided to be in education or, or why they're teaching to be able to receive something like this in this time could possibly re-spark her why. Mm. So with that said, let's talk about her now. I want to, I want to talk yeah, about, yeah. Okay. About okay. You and I are thinking the same thing. Yes, wanna, we are. Okay. Well, that's, and that doesn't surprise me, but I was like, Denise, just make sure I want to talk about who she is now at 15 and what she's doing. So let's go there. All right. So I want to know about what you're doing now and how you got there and what's that like? Tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Okay, yeah. So with Brave, you went to Brave Fest. I'm, we're called Brave Ambassadors. And we, the organization is called Brave Communities. It's led by Emlyn Lee and based out of Austin. And it's focusing on like civil engagement and empowerment and like amplifying other people's voices and really like starting those conversations. Because kind of like you touched on the awareness when you make people aware of what's happening or what they can do and things like that, it makes a big difference and it can, you know, change how they see the world, change their life, change the way they think about things. Um, So a lot of, we kind of just started being Brave Ambassadors. I was part of a program in over the summer where I got introduced to Brave called Brave Makers. And they took a bunch of young women like me, like I think it was 14 to 20 or so, like age-wise from around the country. So there are people from New York, people from Philadelphia, and a lot of girls from Austin. And they kind of taught us about like how we can be more civically engaged and how we can, you know, have those harder conversations about like the injustices in the world and the problems we see. And a lot about, you know, you see these problems, you don't like this, you know, you don't like that in the world. And then, you know, what's the next step? What can you do about it? So that program was, we met six times over the course of three months. We had like a big project at the end where we worked on like a digital campaign. And then, and I just learned so much in that time. And then Emlyn said, you know, we're going to start this thing called Brave Ambassadors. And, you know, we'd like you to be a part of it. And I said, well, why wouldn't I like to do more of this? (laughs) Like, (laughs) it was such a cool experience. And I was like, absolutely. And then she's like, okay, so we're hosting Brave Fest, which is like a for you, Kevin, I guess you weren't there. It's like a diversity, civic engagement focused arts fest. So they have like all these musicians and spoken word artists and stuff from all these different cultural backgrounds. And some of them are politically focused, some of them aren't, but a lot of them were. And they perform and we have like this commentary about, you know, voting and being civically engaged and stuff. And it's just like, it's the coolest program. And Mm -hmm. I like to think that like six months ago, I didn't even know about it. It's so that would be my question. That would be my question. What have you taken away? How have you grown six months later? Pre-quarantine, I, I don't like to admit this, but I was not as like aware of what was happening in the world, I think. Like it was kind of like that bubble. Like I had school and I had my life and I had like the things I focused on. 
And then over quarantine and with the like rise of the Black Lives Matter movement in our like world right now in this like, I think the whole country has kind of as a whole become more aware of our history and the injustices and other perspectives. And I really like over quarantine had so much time to sit there and think about it and, you know, watch the news and like gather all this information and educate myself. And then I, someone said, you know, there's something you can do about it. And so I think as a person, I've just become like so much more aware of the world and the injustices in it. And I've become like, definitely the BRAVE program has empowered me to, you know, what can I do about it? How can I work with other people to help them do something about it? And so after the Brave Makers program, I actually, I started an activism club at my school Mm. because, you know, I thought this, someone saying those things to me had such a big impact on how I see the world. I'm sure there's more people like me out there who just need someone to say that to them too. So we start, so like we talk about the things that are going on in the world. And then again, again, that next step, the activism part, what can we do about it? And I just like, help having someone change that for me and I want to be able to do that for other people too. Awesome. So two questions for me. What school do you attend? That's one. And then the other one is thinking about you starting that club at your school. What was required to build trust? Because having those difficult conversations about things like that it's kind of hard to just pop in there and start talking. What were some things you did to build that trust so that you guys could sit down and have those conversations, if anything? Yes. So I go to Lhasa High School in Austin. Lhasa stands for Liberal Arts and Science Academy, but we just call it Lhasa. And for starting the club, I mean, clubs at our school is really easy. You get that you have to have three members and you have to convince a teacher to sponsor you which normally means you get to use their classroom and they like oversee what you do a little bit, but virtually just meant like they had to agree with it and come to the Zoom. And then I like made a website and a club Instagram and stuff like that. And that was the start of it. And then I reached out to a bunch of my friends and like I put it on my Instagram story and said, hey, I'm starting the club. We're going to do this, this and this. And is anybody interested? And then all of a sudden, you know, people I didn't know, people who were friends of friends, people who I knew of but wasn't close to, started, they would DM me or reach out to me or have, have one of their friends who I was close to, to tell me, they're like, hey, I'm interested. Can I have some more information? What can I do to join the club? Can I come to a meeting kind of thing? And then I guess it just kind of built off of that. So now we have, I think it's about 15 people-ish, and we've existed for a solid like two months about. <laughs> So I think that's pretty solid, I guess, because especially when it's like online, it's hard to like meet new people in school. So like all the people in other grades that I wouldn't, that I'd normally get to interact with in school, I'm not right now. But as far as like building trust, a lot of the people who joined the club in the beginning were my close friends. Like they're the people who knew me and trusted me and kind of they'd heard about what I'd done that summer and kind of what I was getting into. And they're like, yeah, sure, I'll go. So like there was kind of already that like friendship, friendship and that trust there where we could kind of talk about things because we already knew each other. Mm. But then people who had heard about it from other people or friends of friends who I didn't know started coming. 
And, you know, I kind of didn't know what to do. I'm like, I don't really know you. And how do I like open this up so that we can have these harder conversations if I don't know you already? Um, no, I don't mean to cut you off. No, Jalen, you were just at a pause, but oh my God, I'm, yes. we're, Denise and I are both like, yes, yes. yes. Because what, what you're saying, Jalen, is oh my God, that's what we can't get people, but schools particularly and educators to understand. We know that society, everybody seems a little bit more woke after the pandemic, right? With Black Lives Matter and everything else. But unfortunately, my opinion is that too many educators are relying on conversations around some really heavy topics, right? About race, diversity, culture, differences, and political and all this stuff, which to me all needs to have discussions. But I, I, I keep questioning, and what you just pointed out as a deficit, Jalen, is if we don't, just like we did at the beginning of the show, if we don't make connections before we jump into the content, it's awkward. I mean, Denise and I did an episode one time where we jumped on and we were going to talk about race, you know, her being black, me being white, how we talk. And we, literally, even for us, we were like, how do we do this so there's a natural segue? Because you know, too many people want to jump into these conversations, but if you don't know each other, AKA GTKY, just GTKY. So Jalen, just like we modeled on the show, you need to start every one of your meetings with just a GTKY. Like, hey, let's just get the chance to know each other before we dive into how we're going to make a change or what's going on or political debates or any of that other stuff. I think you guys need to know like, all right, what are you binging? What are you liking? You know, where you know, what's something that you guys like to eat or where should I go eat or just, just those little things before you can even jump into those. Denise, you want to add some value to that? Yes. Well, here's what I want to add. This is what I was curious about. You said you guys had to choose a teacher to be the sponsor, right? I want to know about how you chose that teacher. What made that teacher stand out that you were like, okay, this is a teacher that I think would be good, or was it just, oh, we're just going to pick Susie over here? Tell me about that process. Yeah, so at first, I didn't really know what teacher to ask, because none of my teachers, as I, like, that I knew at my school, had, like, expressed an interest in those types of things, but, like, none of my teachers, but that was also before quarantine, so they very well could be interested in those things now, and I just wouldn't know about it. So I like asked my friends who had different teachers like freshman year and some people in like other grades, like, you know, what teachers do you know that are interested in this stuff? And they gave me a few names and I reached out to them, but I didn't get emails back. (laughs) It's possibly because it was the middle of the summer and they just weren't checking their emails or whatever. But then I kind of realized like, okay, maybe I won't find someone who's passionate about this. Maybe I just need to find someone to agree to it kind of thing. So I asked my, the person I my English one teacher that I had the year before. And I asked her because I, I thought, because I thought she'd say yes. <laughs> hey, did, go, go, go for the person you know is going to say yes. Absolutely. That's right. Keep it 100. <laughs> but like, to be honest, I thought she would say yes, because like, I had a pretty close relationship with her freshman year. Like, I knew this teacher, it was English class, so we talked a lot, and like through writing and stuff, she kind of knew more about me, I think, than a lot of my other teachers did, and she was just like one of my, like one of the teachers, one of my favorite teachers from the year before, and I, she's a very nice, very kind person, and you know, I thought, I think that like this is something I'd be comfortable asking her. 
And like, and I think she'll say yes. <laughs> well, have like that relationship before. Yeah, well, and I think that's what goes to the point, right? Jalen, you are illustrating everything we talk about. Like you had a previous connection. You felt connected with her. You felt like she knew you. You felt like she would understand your why. And you felt like she would say, yes. Yeah, so why not go to somebody, right, that you have a, a previous connection with? That's what connections do for us. It's just why, like, if I know a car salesman and I have a connection with him, why am I not going to go with them, right? It's, it's the exact same thing we do in life. I want to just change the channel, but I want to stay there for a second. I want to know, why do you think for some teachers, they find it hard to make those connections? What are some of the barriers or things that, and from your perspective, per, this is your perception, what are some of the barriers that are getting in the way from kids and teachers connecting? I think a lot of it is that like they do have to teach us stuff, you know, like they have a curriculum, they have to teach us things and they have to make us do stuff we don't want to do. Like, so the basis of that like relationship as it starts off, if they don't get to know us first, it's here's this person who tells, who gives me work and tells me to do things. And then for a lot of people, here's this person who's going to punish me if I do something wrong. You know, here's this person who is, analyzing and grading my actions and especially for in-person school in the classroom setting here's a person who you know this person controls whether I get to go to the bathroom or not this person can punish me if I you know say something wrong kind of thing and so it's not really that like mentor relationship that starts off if you don't get to know them first so like they have kind of all these things standing in the way of them making that like you know, the get to know you part of that, because students think of them as a teacher and a disciplinarian. And the teachers are thinking of us as students rather than like, I mean, like we are, we are students, but like of people that they need, you know, they've got a hundred of us and they have to teach us rather than like individuals that they are like responsible for having a relationship with. Do you think that's the biggest thing is for teachers to see you guys as individuals and not just, oh, that's a student? Do you think that's the biggest problem teachers have? It's a student versus I want to know this student as an individual. Yeah, I think that's really it. Because once you start like because I get it, like they've got a lot of us and it's hard to get to know that many people in that short of a time when you have so many other things you have to do too. But I think really that relationship starts when they start getting to know you as an individual person. Like my math teacher, first thing he did, he said, hi, I'm Mr. Blah, blah, blah. What do you like to do in your free time? You know, he asked, what are those get to know you questions? And then he, he didn't have us raise our hands. He didn't have us like tell everybody. He went around to each desk and like crouched down next to us and said, what do you like to do in your free time? Hmm. You know, what's your, how, how do you feel about math? What do you like to do? It does take time. How do you get a chance to know anybody? I mean, think about this. If you're going to date somebody, right? Or you're going to become friends with somebody, Jalen, in your group, right? It isn't going to be instantaneous. You're going to have to take an opportunity where we go back in dialogue, right? And the thing about a student and a teacher is they're coming, you know, if they're in attendance, they're coming in there every single day. So you have an opportunity Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, to interact with them. And I love the fact that this teacher took a knee, had an individual conversation, may have taken a couple minutes or, or less or whatever it was, asked a couple individual questions. So let me ask you this question. When that teacher started to engage in that little bit of dialogue with you, how did that make you feel? Yes, you see that they're doing it and you see that they're making an effort 
And like, it really makes a difference just to know like that teacher cares about who I am as a person. And that teacher, you know, is making an effort to get to know me and that kind of thing. And I think that makes all the difference there, you know, knowing that to that person, I am an individual rather than to that person, I'm a name on a list. Mm -hmm. And I think that like effort really makes you feel like, you know, it makes you trust the person more and it makes you, you know, believe what they're saying. So like, obviously he's my teacher. I'm going to understand what he says about math, but at the same time, like, you know, if he like just having conversations, it makes you like more comfortable being in their classroom. It makes you trust them as like, as an adult and as a teacher and as like a mentor And it really just, I guess it's like that getting to know you and that effort is like the start of that relationship. And it makes you like more open to it and more like, it also like makes you like the class more. (laughs) Like, honestly, I think like the subject matters one thing, but the, you know, if the teacher makes that effort to establish a relationship, like your favorite classes are the classes with your favorite teachers. What? (laughs) Okay. So what are you doing uh, when the pandemic is over, (laughs) Jalen? Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, And you know what? I saw, I felt that. I felt what you feel about being seen as an individual from your teacher. I saw it in your face. As soon as Kevin asked you that question, look, you know, I want to know that I'm not just a number or a name on a list. I want to know that my teacher wants to get to know me as an individual. And when he asked you that, you're, you just had the biggest smile on your face. Just told everything. Told yeah. everything. You know, Jalen, we came up with a quick saying one time and we did our whole conference. We held a conference and obviously with this pandemic, we weren't able to do it this year. It was in supposed to schedule B this coming November. But last, last November, we, we had a conference and we had about 750. But what Denise was really empowering is she brought a bunch of students from the Dallas Fort area to come to the conference because, and we put on the shirt, value me, see me, hear me, because what we believe is every student wants to feel valued, seen, and heard. They don't want to feel like they're a number. They want to feel like you see me for who I am. And even though I'm different and I may dress different or act different or like a different ice cream or whatever it is, right? But at the end of the day, just see Jalen for who she is. And it sounds like when those teachers put that formula together, not only do you like them, you I'm hearing that you potentially like the subject better and that you have more appreciation of them from the teacher role to kind of the mentor role, right? And those types of things. So when we say valued, seen, and heard, does that kind of sum up how you want to be seen and valued and heard as you go through this journey for you, Jalen? Yeah, I mean, I think that's like, that's very well sums it up. It's a very like, you know, condensed and effective way of saying kind of all of that. And like, I think if more teachers understood that, it would like make students care more about school and like be more engaged in the learning. Because I think like, you know, if I'm sitting, if there's like, you know, there's one teacher and say there's like 25 kids. Mm-hmm. And if they've made an effort to like talk to us and get to know us, then it's like, here's this group of people and we're having a conversation and we're learning and we're, you know, we're kind of in this together type thing. But when they don't do that, it's here's this person who was talking at us as a blob of people. Mm-hmm. They're preaching to this group of people. There's not that engagement. There's not that relationship. And so I think when you say, you know, see me, value me. And what was the other one? Sorry, Hear, hear me. Hear me, value me, see me. Yeah, all three. Value, see. So it's like, 
really that communication and that like that makes us this group of individuals having a having a conversation and in this like learning process together mm-hmm. rather than here's a teacher teaching all the students. Well, if you think about it, because I could go into every classroom and say, here's an index card. And instead of doing that whole like, all right, tell me, you know, whatever your favorite things and blah, blah. I could write in there. How do you want to be valued? How do you want to be seen? And how do you want to be heard? Right. But think about it, Jalen, you could go with your activist group, right? And you could say, hey, how are we going to value each other? How are we going to see each other? How are we going to hear each other? It's no different than life. It's what we want in relationships. It's what we want in organizations. It's what we want in classrooms. Every single human being wants to feel valued, seen, and heard. And when we don't, we act out or we say, look at me through behavior or say, look at me. What if I do more? You'll see me, right? Some of our, and and I'm being serious, like some of our kids will say, you know, my parents not paying attention to me. So they're not valuing seeing me and hear me. So maybe if I get better grades or maybe if I'm a cutter or maybe if I'm doing this. So I think every single person is struggling to find their way to feel valued, seen and heard. Because I'll tell you, that's how Denise and I connected. You know, Denise was struggling, feeling valued, seen and heard because so many people had told her what she was valued as and how she should be seen and when she should be heard. And one of the things that I thought to myself was, this is a human being that has so much value, has so much to be heard and needs to be seen despite what all of the labels of people put around her. And so it's what we're trying to bring to schools. So as much as you're an activist in what you believe in bringing change, That is our passion. We bleed our passions in what Denise and I believe are exactly that. How do we get educators to value, see, and hear each other, and then to hear other students and to hear other perspectives and just so many different things? We just want to change the world. So we're right there in your shoes. We're we're just doing it in a different way. So with that said, as we start to wrap up, Jalen, I want to know if somebody wants to, a couple things, I want, if you're comfortable how people can reach out to you on social media, you can share, you know, those pieces. But I also want to know if people want to reach out and know more about the Brave Ambassadors or to kind of, kind of join or learn more about that. I mean, we can always still put them in the show notes, but I'd love for you to kind of just give a shout out to get how to get more people engaged and following along with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for me personally, I have an Instagram, but I don't really like, it's more of like a personal thing, just me and my friends, like it's a private kind of thing. So, but I guess like Brave, I help run the Brave Instagram account and we, and like our socials. So actually I asked Emily about this before because Denise told me. So I've got like the list of things she said of how you can get involved. Okay. So she said, you can like follow the Brave accounts on social media. So which is at Brave Communities on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube and at Brave underscore ATX on Twitter. And so there you can kind of see, we put things about, you know, our events and we put things about the Brave Ambassadors. So like on the Instagram, we did a thing where we had like ambassador shout outs and we had like little bios on each of the ambassadors. So you can kind of find out more about us and about the program and what we do on there. And then also about the Brave Community events. The next one's an open house for, a, for the Be Brave Real Talk series. It's on November 9th. And that inf- information would be found on the social media platform as well and then if people wanted to volunteer they could or like I guess like 
contact us. The like brave email is bravecommunities at gmail.com. And then, yeah. And then she also said, if you wanted to donate to help sustain the our community events and youth empowerment programs, the website is www.bravecommunities.org. So yes. as yes. a whole, at dot com at gmail. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that donate part. <laughs> well, that's that's what this show. No, that's Jalen. That's what this show is also about. It's it's to give shout outs to the, to other organizations and platforms that are making a difference. We, as I mentioned, we want to make a difference. We want to help you make a difference. And so. Before I, I give Denise any closing marks, I just want to say, Jalen, first of all, this is the first time I met you. You are a fantastic human being, period. Not only do I value you, man, do I see you and hear you. You know, there's a question sometimes we always say, what's something you wish you had growing up that you didn't? Jalen, I wish I had something like you. I wish at 15, I was mature enough and could reflect enough to think and act and make the choices that you're making. So I am just proud to even just know you, to be inspired by you. And I just thank you for your time being on the show. Denise? Yes, Jalen. Um, what an honor. What an honor to be in your presence, young lady. You are absolutely making a difference. And every time I think of you, I will always think of the teacher in fourth grade or first grade that lit that fire underneath you. Me, I, I didn't value myself, but to know that you're out there making a difference, you want to be seen, heard, and valued, but not only that, you believe that all people should be seen, heard, and valued. You're a rock star. You're amazing. And I absolutely love you. And there ain't nothing you can do about it, sister. <laughs> I mean, thank you so much for having me. And I think what y'all doing, what y'all are doing in this effort to, you know, encourage and help people form those connections is so cool. And really it'll have, you know, when one teacher does something for a student, it makes these huge differences in their life. So I think it's just so cool that y'all are like, going and telling teachers this and making sure they're like aware and so that they can better make those connections because it'll change the lives of so many students and it's just so awesome what y'all are doing well well thank you Jalen thank you for all your positive words and thank you for being on the show today 